Was there a frog in my throat? What's happening? This song is bananas. B A N A N A S. This song is bananas. B A N A N A S. There, I threw my falsetto in there on bananas because I was not about to try that second line of in the drunk in the jungle in the jungle in the jungle. Are we drunk this morning, Lord? Lord, bear me strength. Wowdy waddles. <laughs> there we go i'll make something out of that <laughs> yeah maybe you can auto-tune it even um oh that's, that's beyond my skill set right now <laughs> uh tiff we are talking about season three we are bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S. we are bananas <laughs> this intro is so long uh season three episode 20 it's product recall which on the face of it this episode is it's just another episode but i forgot how many quotables and funny bits and goodness and wonder joy are all available in this episode wow i feel the same way totally had the exact same reaction to this episode every single second that's something new first the cold open the best cold open ever yes the best cold open ever which we will talk about but i'm just saying there's like one thing after another then i was like i forgot all of this was in product (laughs) recall which i i dismiss as oh yeah they had you know the obscene watermark and that's all but no this is such a great episode i so the the thing that I remember related to product recalls has to do with later in the series when it involves a printer. And so that like that episode in terms of a product having issues sticks more in my head. And so going into this one, I was like, now I know this is something to do with the, uh, like you said, an obscene watermark, but I don't remember much else. And then suddenly all of these things are happening. I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel kind of bad that I forgot all of this was in one episode. Alligators and dingo babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, I'm sorry, everyone. This is just going to be a quote yep. fest and you're going to have to deal because if you are a fan like we are fans, you are also just every single moment in this episode, <laughs> not only laughing out loud, but repeating the things that they say because they're so good. Can we just talk about this cold open? Just this, the, the cold open. Cold open. The cold open. Like, I feel like if you were to put this I, I guess on a wikipedia page mm-hmm. right this would be like the clip you showed to describe the office uh, i don't know yeah. it's so good i i really like that as sort of it's a summary of kind of what the show can be and i think that when uh this cold open aired you know it really took off and so you see a lot of times nbc using this clip as uh, yeah, the kind of promo for the show. And it spawned t-shirts, it spawns memes, it has so much, like, the whole Bears, Beats, beats Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. <laughs> like, that is everything that is Dwight in this episode, and Jim dressing up, and the amount of money he spent, and the, the confessional about purchasing the, the Dwight costume, it is just perfect. Last week, I was in a drugstore, and I saw these glasses, uh, $4.00. And it only cost me $7 to recreate the rest of the ensemble, and that's a grand total of 
eleven dollars. And the way he goes to Michael at the end of it, and Dwight follows along, mimicking Michael? it. Michael, identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions of families suffer every year. Michael, oh, that's funny, Michael. <laughs> It's just beautiful. I want to drop in the whole thing, but I know I can't. I'll drop in (laughs) tiny little clips everywhere because I just can't help it. Question. What kind of bear is best? That's a ridiculous question. False. Black bear. Well, that's debatable. There are basically two schools of thought. Fact. Bears eat beets. Bears. Beets. Battlestar Galactica. Bears do not. What is going on? What are you doing? Identity theft is not a joke, Tiff. Millions of people suffer every year. Speaking of this intro, I have a question for you if you've observed this as well out in the wild. So I have noticed that sort of folks who aren't super, super fans of The Office like we are – Every single time, like it's, it's across the, it's across the universe. They say beats bears Battlestar Galactica instead no. of bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Wrong. And I'm not kidding. This is not false. just like one, false. This is not just one person that's done this. This is every single person who has ever, like, if I've ever tweeted about the office and someone wants to show me that they know a little bit about the office, then they will say that thing. But they always put beats first. And every single time I'm so confused and it makes me wonder, was there a clip that was edited differently? Was this just something in their head where Beats came? I, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe there is a parallel universe where Beats came before bears. But by golly, <laughs> like the egg came before the chicken. The bears come before the Beats in this universe. False. It's just that that's the only thing I can say to that. I don't, I, so I don't acknowledge that? that that exists. No, I'm not acknowledging it because it's wrong. <laughs> Well, there you go. You heard it here, folks. If you say beats before bears, well, I mean, you are wrong. Yes, but you're you're very wrong. You don't exist. Another great part of this cold open is Pam. And I really paid attention to it this watch through and her smirk when Jim walks through the door with his total serious face on and she's trying to hold it together and not laugh and give it away because yeah, she is part of the dynamic pranking duo that is Jim and Pam and she's doing her best to keep it together to not give it away for him. And it's, it's so good. The shot, the camera shots of her too. I mean, everyone remembers this being about Jim and Dwight, but Pam's reactions are just spot on. <laughs> that that's that is kind of lovely, and it's uh, interesting. In the next moment, I made a note about Pam because she is sort of being being devious, and it's really quite lovely. This, so right after the cold open, you know, we we basically get right into what's what's happening in this episode. Everybody's sort of panicking about the the product recall and trying to help everybody and get things figured out. Yes, I understand. Can I transfer you to customer relations? Absolutely. I couldn't be more sorry about this. I know, I know. We're all trying to get to the bottom of this. I am upset. Don't I sound upset? Michael calls everybody in to the conference room so that they can sort of discuss the plan. Crime and Squaw, FNC, double time. Crime and Squaw? Crisis Management Squad. FNC, double time? Front and center, twice as fast as you would normally go. Any other questions? One more. Why are you talking like that? To save time, Jim. But... They are talking about like, Michael, why the heck are you saying this thing, thinking you're saving time when you're just taking longer because you have to explain it? And Pam starts to explain (laughs) why. 
And the look on her face after she, Michael kind of interrupts her because she's like purposely taking forever to say what she's, you know, to say why the thing is taking longer. And that look, that satisfied, like smirky look on her face as she takes forever to say the thing is really just quite good. I noticed that too. I totally noticed that and it stood out to me and it was just great. <laughs> and again, it was like she knows that she's sabotaging this whole situation and she can't help but like laugh to herself a little bit about it. And it's it's just really good. It's just one of those wonderful, the whole entire staff trying to derail Michael moments. And everyone knows that we love those. That's the best part of a conference room meeting. I mean, for example, with the last thing you said, by the time you explained it, it actually took a... You know what? Forget it. We have a, a situation, um, a threat level midnight situation. Whoa. Did you get that? Yes. Did you get that? <laughs> oh, I love that he dropped that in. And then I love that camera shot like a zoom. Of, <laughs> of Jim making eye contact with the camera because everyone knows that they've read <sighs> the secret script of threat level midnight without, <laughs> without Michael really knowing. So Michael doesn't know about this and all the staff does. And then he's throwing out this reference to something he wrote that he doesn't think anyone would get. <laughs> But everyone gets it. And that's the beauty of the levels that are going on right here in that one little thing. It's threat level midnight, Oscar. Don't you know? <laughs> this puts us at threat level midnight. Accounting, you are on customer service duty today. That's really not our job. Midnight, Oscar. <laughs> oh. But so we are, we have this conference room meeting and Michael's running it and he's doing this damage control. And I got to say, up until the point where he starts talking about the press, mm-hmm. <laughs> which starts the ball rolling down um, quite the path throughout this episode, but he's doing a pretty good job of yeah. delegating and focusing people and having Kelly train the accountants to do damage control on the phone. And it, that makes sense. It's like the accounting department right now, they can be on the phone while all the salespeople are handling their clients. And since there's extra calls coming in, like all the moving parts make sense. I like that he's trying to send Jim in person to the school. Uh, you know, like all of the management aspects of this, he isn't crumbling under the pressure. He's kind of thriving. Yeah. He really is thriving. Yeah. Although his ideas get away from him very quickly and he goes a little bit too far as Michael tends to do. I like, you know, he puts his, he puts his foot up on the table to try and be kind of serious <laughs> in front of the cameras. And I do think that this is one of those instances where the camera is a helpful thing for him, where typically it kind of makes him overdo things and uh, sort of flounder a bit. Um, this This time it feels as though it gave just the right amount of of desire to handle things i think responsibly and correctly and him putting his foot up on the table i felt was a very like i'm in charge and this feels like a movie kind of thing and of course jim mm-hmm. sort of ref- not reflects but uh reacts to him putting his foot on the table and that that part's hilarious but i do think it is genuinely kind of a um uh, yeah, a moment of 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 him understanding that the stakes are genuinely high and him competently being able to handle this. And uh he he does yeah, he does his best until the press gets involved and here is your headline to super fans of Office start podcast talk each week about Office world rejoices. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, there's definitely a performative aspect to Michael's handling of the situation. I think that he's doing a good job, but he's also being a little bit more um, uh, verbose about it because of the cameras being there and him trying to perform as I am task delegator. It's threat level midnight. We have to do this. Get on it. You know, Crime and squaw. F and squat double time. Like, you know, he's using all this stuff and it's it's wonderful. I, I love slightly performing but functional Michael. Should we talk about Creed a little bit? Because like this is oh, all Creed's yes. fault essentially. And the whole episode, he's he is just I do not like Creed this episode. I do not like him, Sam I am. I do not like him, Creed Brantan. Brantan. <laughs> Creed tell Pam. I don't know. Anyway. Every week I'm supposed to take four hours and do a quality spot check at the paper mill. And of course, the one year I blow it off, this happens. His job is quality assurance, or quality Ashowitz, as he believes. And he blows off his job for a whole year. And so it's no surprise that something like this would happen. And his little kind of, what, C-plot, B-plot of his uh, story is figuring out someone else to blame all of this on. Of course, this is so Creed, right? Mm-hmm. But we are actually getting a view into what Creed is supposed to be doing here. I think <laughs> nobody was sure what it was. And now we know that he is supposed to be there for quality assurance. And he seems, again, another person that when it comes down to it, When you have your own career at stake, I guess, you know, that's keeping him from being a homeless man, Mm -hmm. as he describes in a confessional, he worked pretty hard today to blame it on somebody else. (laughs) And um, it was pretty devious of him. He made all the phone calls. He got everything together. That's true. He did a good job. It's just like he could have done all of that for your actual job and been okay, but instead you applied all of that energy toward being a turd but then we wouldn't have a creed that's Micah. true it's it, it's it creed you're right as, it's creedy it's creedtastic <laughs> it's creedy beady well speaking of other cringy situations we have andy and jim going off to a high school to uh, 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 andy and tuna thank you mm-hmm. perfect and they're going off to high school uh, to damage control over there since they sent their prom invitations out on the offensive paper stock. And oh, that's all. <laughs> it's just so awful. And I don't understand how that happened. Uh, we had a lot of dense Andy in this. What do you mean, Tiff? Give me the beat, ball and free my little soul. I sing that too much and it's just bad <laughs> i was just jamming to it <laughs> um yeah i mean beer me micah beer me the story <laughs> yeah so oh andy 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 lord beer me strength this it's just it's condensed it's sweetened and condensed andy oh, and everybody knows you can only have so much of sweetened and condensed Andy, because after a while, that stuff gets too sweet. It hurts your stomach. And that's basically what's happening to Jim right now. He's stuck in the car with Andy. Andy, uh, like the part he just wants to play some music. And Andy's like, oh, no, let me just pull out the old vocal cords and start <laughs> singing a song for you. Do you music? Uh, yeah, I should have said so. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my little soul. I was thinking more like a CD or a CD. You're called, dude. 
but I, I mean, I kind of like his his little uh, jazzy improvised lines. Free your little soul, I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Can you please go as Andy for Halloween? I'll just annoy everyone by singing all of his lines. But it would be okay because it's Halloween and you're dressed as Andy. That's true. Because you have to get the so you would get the little um, nautical rope bracelet that he always wears, (laughs) which I notice all the time, and his pastel suits Uh, and like (laughs) very Connecticut looking. He's getting yeah that ooh I like that very Connecticut looking. He is he's very yachting Connecticut. I'd say this episode is solidifying more for us kind of who Andy is and the character that they're building post anger management as well. Yeah, because we haven't seen him. He's been missing from the office for a long time and he's a new character. So we have all of the other office people. We've gotten to know them over the past three seasons and we've only had a small amount of time for Andy. And I feel like now we're playing catch up with the Andy character where we're getting a whole bunch about him very, very quickly. And it's all it's all reminiscent of stuff that we've known before, but it's solidifying it in our brains. It's getting deeper. It's it's making sure that this wasn't just a bit that you saw Andy doing last time. This is an integral part of his personality. He'll just sing stuff like acapella style. He will say things like beer me. He'll talk about Cornell. He'll accidentally date teenagers. Like ah! <laughs> it's a felony. Don't do it. That's what she said. No, oh, she, no, no time. No time. <laughs> but she did. No time. <laughs> oh, this episode's so so full. Uh, that's what she said. No, no time. She didn't Tiff. No, no time. time. So we we get a we get a lot of Andy, and we get a I, lot. I like of Andy. this. I like that we get a lot of, a lot of Andy. Me I think too. Because I it's a fun new thing in in the episode. That's what. Yes, that's what, exactly what I was going to say. It's an I like that new uh, flavor to add to the show even though like all the characters on the show are annoyed with him and most of the time i'm annoyed with andy this is this is fun and uh, it's it's fresh and it's sort of not the same old thing and it's, and he has his place among everybody exactly. there's nobody like andy he's he's filling there's no i don't know what he's filling like i wasn't sure that there was a hole in my heart an andy shaped hole in my heart but there is and he's certainly there to fill it oh how sweet <laughs> With his news, as well as any other sort of weird musical thing he does. With all of the very, very dense character getting to know that we have in this episode, we see a whole bunch of Angela and her inability to apologize, which I really like. I like seeing Kelly in a leadership role, trying to teach Angela. So much fun. Oh, and it's great because Angela obviously does not respect Kelly at all, but she cannot do what Kelly does. No. She just doesn't have the ability to do it. And I really like the dynamic that we see between all of the accountants and kind of their weird little corner family they have over <laughs> there. <laughs> and the way that um, Oscar and Kevin gang up on Angela. And it's just the whole episode is really fun glimpse into these characters that I think a lot of the auxiliary characters that so far we haven't seen a ton of besides little comments here and there where we're getting a good look at a lot of them in this episode and i like that kelly is applying her customer service skills to handle angela look you have so many good qualities that the one that you might want to work on is apologizing 
I think when you're in customer service, and I don't just mean sort of, you know, working in working in customer service as a whole, but I mean specifically having a job where your job is to listen to the complaints of folks and handle those complaints gracefully and figure out what, you know, how to fix it. A lot of that does involve kind of knowing in your heart and in your mind that someone's being really not nice to you and sort of just ignoring that and putting it to the side while handling the situation. And Angela the whole time is sort of throwing shade at Kelly. And I don't, I don't believe in my heart of hearts that Kelly just completely misses that. I, I don't, I don't think that that's what the character is. I think that she, she doesn't miss it. She's just very good at being a, a customer service rep. Oh yeah. And absolutely. So she just kind of does what she would do in that situation. And it's like, and Angela is not being very nice right now, but my job is to make sure that she does a good job that, you know, Michael wants her to be doing. So she finds the things to celebrate. Yeah. She's very good at diffusing an aggressive personality or like aggression towards her. And she, you know, with just putting up the wall of just friendliness, you know, like there's nothing that can break through Kelly's friendly wall right now, not even Angela. And that shows she's really good at her job. And maybe that's why she should have handled uh, or talked with Mrs. Allen instead of Michael. Can we talk about Michael's press conference? Yeah. Uh, so I actually <laughs> got a level four security clearance, which was kind of cool because the uh, guy from the Scranton Times only got a level three. Um, <laughs> and he is all the press, by the way. So there was going to be a press conference. The entire press that shows up is one guy from the Scranton Times. Who writes about obituaries and... And 10,000 other things. So obviously it's such a small newspaper that this one person pretty much writes like, I don't know, 50% of it. <laughs> but Michael's whole idea is that you can't let the press he like it's one of these things where you know he's watching different shows and watching uh like crime procedurals or something and or dramas on tnt i don't know and he is like okay i know that i can't let the press write the story for me i have to write the story and cut to him doing it here's the thing when a company screws up best thing to do is call a press conference alert the media and then you control the story wait for them to find out and the story controls you. That's what happened to OJ. It's not a bad strategy, really. I mean, there are reasons and opportunities to do this and have that strategy actually work out. So it's not wrong, but I mean, there is no press, like as we know. Like he's he's blowing it so far out of proportion that like nobody even knows this really is happening. And he's treating this like a, um, like you said, an episode of a crime show or something. And he's the star. <laughs> If you don't know ahead of time how the client is going to react to your giant novelty check, uh, <laughs> maybe it's not a good idea to hold that event in front of the press because suddenly our press person, our journalist is in there writing down a whole lot of stuff. I love that the failed press conference deteriorates into Michael's apology video, which then morphs into kind of a threat hostage situation. Oh my lord. <laughs> and we get Pam operating the camera. We have Dwight holding the cue cards, this whole production. The, the hairspray for hours and hours uh, and hours. The printed out flag on four different pieces of paper, like stuff <laughs> taped together. Just so good. And then he threatens to print the F word on everything. It wasn't me. They're trying to make me an escape code. If I am fired, I swear to God, 
that every single piece of copy or paper in this town is going to have the F word on it. The F word. You have one day. One day for what? That's they always give an ultimatum. <laughs> That's all he says. <laughs> and he um, he doesn't like being treated like an escape goat. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Michael not knowing words is uh, is fantastic. I have to say, I I completely sympathize with that because all the time I miss say words or in my brain the whole time I'm saying, you know, don't say this way, don't say this way. Don't say like, <laughs> my, the, little, the little devils on my shoulder is just whispering the wrong thing to say that kind of sounds like the words, you know. You have a little Michael on your shoulder. I do. It's horrible. It makes me feel horrible because like I so very badly want to say the right thing. And then the little devil on my shoulder is like, don't say acidic juice. And you're like, no, Hasidic. Hasidic. <laughs> Hasidic. <laughs> oh my God. Hasidic. It's so bad. I'm like, no, I hate myself for this, but it's over there and it's just taunting me. Oh, darn it. <sighs> darn yep. it. Um, patronize, patronize. No, it's patronize. Patronize. <laughs> Hello, Tiff. Say, <laughs> Say the wrong thing. Say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I I don't I don't love that for you because you don't like it. But at the same time, just the idea of that, like someone whispering the wrong words in your in your ears. I think th- that's why we all love this show so much. Is because we can see ourselves in so many of these characters, and I'm sure we have all had a Michael Scott moment. Oh, absolutely. And the mispronouncing words is definitely one of my <laughs> Michael Scott traits. <laughs> so we kind of mentioned that Andy was in a relationship with a high schooler. Oh my God. Oh my God. That whole situation basically has Jim handling Andy, who is kind of flipping out at this high mm-hmm. school because the person that he was dating is a high schooler. And they're supposed to be there to handle the paper situation, and nobody's doing a very good job. Well, like I said, Jim's sort of trying to handle that and keep Andy from blowing up, and it's a whole situation. Every time someone is with Andy, it's like they're handling him. Yes. They're an Andy Wrangler. Michael did it. Yep. Michael in the sales call. Jim does it. <laughs> anger management did it while he was with yeah. anger management. <laughs> exactly. Later on, we try and we see Pam trying to do it. It's like everyone who's out with Andy... It just doesn't, it never works. <laughs> He's so terrible at this job. Keep him at the office and don't let him out of the building. We always talk about Michael having these redeemable moments. And I feel like we never quite get Andy being good at his job. Yeah. Like ever. It's because he doesn't belong there. No. Uh, <laughs> Which is part of it. And I think as we go along with the series, I do want to keep in mind to kind of talk about Andy and talk about where his redeemable qualities are and when we start seeing them. We're going to be waiting a while, folks, but eventually we'll get there. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be (laughs) we're going to be waiting a long time. But I do want to talk about them being there because I feel like every character in the show ends up having those moments where we see where they come from, you know, Mm -hmm. and where we see where they should be instead of in this office (laughs) right now. Andy, Andy, And we see a lot of sort of how their, their lives, their personal situations and, you know, what has happened to them or what continues to happen to them affects the way that they act in the office, which is very realistic. You know, that's something that everybody deals with. The, the, 
personal happenings and the way that they affect how you interact with others and what you you know want out of life. I like that we see Jim throwing Andy a little bit of a bone and being like a Aww. try and help him ease his pain <laughs> about his high school girlfriend, and he offers him like this little singing tribute. Oh, we you know what? I don't. A wee mwit, 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 which I think is really nice, and it shows that. Jim, and he often uses his talent for mimicking or understanding or picking up things about people in a negative, pranky way, Mm -hmm. or for us, very fun. Uh, (laughs) But he uses it to prank people. But here we're seeing it, we're seeing Jim use it in a way to um, help Andy and and comfort him. And I, I like that. I think that that's a really nice reflection of Jim's abilities. And then kind of, you know, being kind to someone who has been pretty annoying all day. And I, I think that that was a nice thing to do. Sometimes that's the hard bridge to cross. Agreed. Yeah. Especially, yeah, if the person's grinding your gears and you yep. still choose to sort of reach out and help them out in a situation, that's very sweet. And mm-hmm. uh, I like that this moment is kind of reflected later with some other characters, too, uh, this kind of helping someone with the power of music in a way. I, like, I know this is specifically kind of about meeting Andy on his turf, but I also like this in the car singing to make us feel better kind of situation. Uh, it's a very sweet thing. The, the power of music, as it were. I want to discuss the way this episode closes, which is really different than other episode closers because it connects directly back to the cold open, which neither have anything to do with the episode. Yeah, that is right. That is interesting. Um, that because I, I never really thought of it that way as just sort of a, a, a start cap and an end cap, but you're right. They they did full circle, but none of it has anything to do with the rest of the episode. Um, Dwight comes in dressed differently with his hair different, uh, looking <laughs> sharp. Everyone makes a comment on how good he looks, which is the best part. <laughs> and that's because he's dressed up as uh, Jim and is yep. playing Jim. And his this is to try and get back at Jim for dressing up as him. Uh, we assume on a previous day and. It's so he does kind of look good. <laughs> this is another one of those things that I imitate. Just this whole overacted Jim Halpert with the like weird head movements and the funny faces. <laughs> and if someone can pick up that's what I'm doing, I'm like, ah, oh, you're my people, you know. <laughs> you understand me. <laughs> Dwight's doing a, a if you really it's a terrible impersonation of Jim, but it's actually a fantastic caricature yes. of Jim. Yeah, it's a caricature of Jim. That's a good way of putting it. Yep. It's it's very, very good. And his closer is perfect because it's exactly Jim. Uh, little, little comment. comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this episode, Micah, gives me so much joy. I have a tiny trivia, actually. Okay. That relates to the cold open. So Jim says in the cold open, and he uses his calculator watch, which he is part of his Dwight costume, that the glasses cost $4 and the rest of the ensemble cost $7, mm-hmm. a grand total for $11. $11. 
Now, later on within the episode, Angela is uh, shaming Kevin for not knowing what four plus seven is on an expense report. It is possible, then I learned this from over on Dunderpedia, could this be the same money that Jim spent on the ensemble and he expensed it to the company? <sighs> that <laughs> I love that idea, but also that just seems that seems to in my mind that's like a not a gym thing to do. So I kind of yeah. like that this is uh, there's something there's something inherently pranky about that in and of itself which feels very gym and at the same time it's like oh man you're uh, did you expense that red wire that you ran to Dwight's computer you going to be like all these different things Yeah is he are he is he expensing his pranks for the name of maybe um you know expensing it for the company which then gets reimbursed from the documentary crew I don't know like there could be so many different things but That's I true like- he is making uh, life easier mm-hmm. for the documentary crew <laughs> to have right. Like, fun I mean, maybe they're about. like, "Oh, prank them more!" Right? Like, who knows? We, we we read a lot of <gasps> subtext into the presence of the crew and the Holy whole mockumentary moly. style of this show. But I like that a fan picked up on this and pointed it out for the rest of us. So, for all of you out there, I thought that that was a nice little interesting thing. <laughs> a mistake plus 11 and that's another thing uh, that was on my brain too but you know we won't get into that we won't for get those into of it. you who know you know <laughs> you know you get it uh, it'll get you home by seven or something <laughs> yeah yeah sometime let's give out our dundee this week micah that is exactly what i was hoping we were gonna do next i'm really i'm kind of pumped so uh, at broadcast underscore Josh, that's at Joshua Clark on Twitter, sent us a direct message a while back. And um, they they said, hey, uh, love the show. And also, I came across a song that I think that you two would really like. And there is a song, it's called Netflix Trip, and it's by a group called AJR. Um, and essentially, it is a song about this uh, young boy who watches The Office on Netflix and then relates different periods in his life to periods in the show. So, you know, during while he was watching season six, he had his first date or something like that. Um, and then there's a part like where his his grandpa passes away and he sort of had the office to hold on to and, and get him through those times. Um I was texting Tiff about this and kind of said, oh, I don't know. As I started to listen to it, I was like, ah, it's not really my jam per se. Uh, I don't know if I like it. And then after I ended up listening to the whole thing, I was kind of in tears. And so then I texted <laughs> Tiff. I was like, actually, I like this quite a bit. Uh, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, so if you would like to listen to the song, we will include a link in the show notes to it. Uh, but we want to award... The <laughs> the <laughs> That One Night Award to the band AJR, that's at AJR Brothers on Twitter, for their song Netflix Trip. Uh, I think we should also give an award to Joshua. And to Joshua Clark. The Talent Scout Award? How about Ooh, that? <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> we'll, like so, we'll do two Dundies this week. It's a doubleheader. It's a doubleheader, and I really like that. So... Uh, 
the that one night award goes to the band AJR because they put together I what I feel is is quite a sweet song and I certainly can relate with having moments in life happen the first time that I was watching The Office. Any hoodles, uh, congratulations to the band AJR and also to Joshua Clark. Please get on up here and accept your dundies. All right, everyone. Thank you so much again for listening. We can go follow us and check out those dundies over on tall underscore beats at Twitter. And if you would like to become an, a member of the incomparable and get fun goodies at the end of the year. And guess what? This time of year, it is the incomparable members special time. <laughs> we are planning an office trivia special members only podcast. The great thing about this is we are going to have an a members only team oh. on the trivia and we're working out how to do that but this is the plan. It is possibly going to be airing in 2 weeks mm-hmm. or recording, recording in 2 yeah. weeks. So the the week of the 18th, we haven't gotten a specific date yet, but we're putting the APB out for everybody. Um what does APB stand for? Oh, I'm not saving any bulletin. time by using this acronym. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's an all points bulletin to all these wonderful members so if you are a listener right now and you want to play make sure you sign up over at the incomparable membership and you can get access to this show that we're going to be recording and you could possibly even play with us yeah you'll be playing against us you'll be playing against what people from relay potentially yeah i'm trying to do a team relay team incomparable and team members and we will all compete in office trivia, and Micah and I will be your amazing MCs. That stands for Master of Ceremonies. Thank you. For those of you out there. Yeah. <laughs> Not saving that. any time with these <laughs> abbreviations. So next week, please join us back here on Somehow I Manage while we talk about women's appreciation. And we will have a date for you on our next episode when our member special is going to be. And we can't wait to see all of you there. It's going to be zoppity. It is going to be zoppity. <laughs> Pippity poppity. <laughs> F and C, double time. This day is bananas. B A N A N A S. This day is bananas. B A N A. I don't have a headache. I'm just preparing.